0: the Lord. Well, you all may be seated. Thank you for being here tonight. I know it was a, a big week here at Heart of the Bay. And I just, uh, as I was praying about what to share tonight, I just sensed to just kind of pick up on some of that impartation along the lines of prayer. I uh, am very good friends with Miss Lynette Hagan and been around her for many years. And I know that she is a woman of prayer. She, If you were here in any of the morning meetings, she taught on prayer and then she led us in prayer. And it's something that dad Hagan used to always say. When you come to a prayer meeting, there's going to be teaching and there's going to be precepts. So it's good to hear about prayer, but it's even better to learn how to do it and to do it. Amen. So it just stirred in my heart as she was sharing that we just kind of needed to combine some of the things that I've been teaching the last three weeks. Pastor mentioned it last Sunday. We had fresh fire service here and just kind of do combine the fresh fire and the aspect of prayer, because that is one of the purposes of being anointed with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That fire is to ignite our prayer lives so that our prayer boils out of us like water boils in a pot. I was thinking about it yesterday as I was uh, seeking the Lord about tonight. And it just kind of came up in me that, you know, you could put a, a pot and set it on this stove full of cold water. But if you never turn the heat on, nothing's going to get cooked because cold water doesn't produce nothing when it's trying to cook something. And it's kind of the same with our prayers. Uh, If we just get into dead, ritual, vain repetitions, Jesus warned about that. He said, don't let your prayers be just dead. And vain and just, you know, religious exercise before men so they can hear and see what you're doing. No, our prayers need to come from our heart. A heart that has been ignited with the Word of God, ignited by the Spirit of God, ignited by the fire of the Holy Ghost. So just like a cold pot of water isn't going to cook anything, cold prayers don't produce anything. But when our prayers are red hot and when their fervent dishes came to me, they're going to cook up the plan of God. Hallelujah. And cause it to boil out of us to every situation that he puts on our heart to pray about. Amen. So we want to start tonight by looking at a familiar scripture when it comes to prayer James chapter 5 verse 16 and I want to look at it first Out of the King James version, because I like this. This is what I bit my teeth on, grew up on here in this passage of scripture. So I still like the King James translation. Confess your faults one to another and pray to one another that ye may be healed. And the next part is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Availeth much. Now, oftentimes when I teach on prayer, I'll say James 5 16 and then I'll reference part B because I just want to get to the last sentence. The effectual. Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But really, when you think about it, the Holy Spirit didn't inspire the writer of this book. Uh, Just to put the first part in there and us to skip over it. Really, it is connected. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, what is that saying to us? That doesn't mean that we run around and we confess everything we ever did to anybody that we meet. You don't know, want Bart. We just walk up to a stranger and say, you know what, how, what I did yesterday? I sinned. I talked really ugly to my kids. And you know, I did this and they did that. And you know, they're going to be like, okay, dude. So now it's not like we go around confessing everything wrong that we've ever did to complete strangers. That's not what this is saying. But it is telling us that if we have ought in our heart against another brother, another sister that we may need, we need to make things right. Not maybe we do need to make things right. Perhaps we need to humble ourselves before we get into, you know, before we get into prayer. Sometimes if you've got something in your heart against somebody and you're going to fellowship with the Lord, Oh Jesus, you're so sweet. And all of a sudden this person's face keeps coming up. No, I don't want to talk about them. Lord Jesus You're so wonderful. And here their face comes up again. Oh, Lord, I just came to magnify you and here their faces again. And if we're sensitive to our spirit after a while, we're going to say, okay, Lord, what is it? And he may say to us, you need to make it right. You need to forgive them. And in some cases you need to go to them and say, I am sorry. What is the thing that Keith Moore always used to say this? It stuck with me. You were right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. That's humbling ourselves. Even if we feel like we were in the right. Is it worth strife? Is it worth our prayers being hindered? Again, this is all the same passage of scripture. So it must be important to get rid of unforgiveness. Because it will clog your pipe. And hinder the flow of power out of our spirit. How many of you want to have a pure heart and pure power it out of your heart when you pray? Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is 100% pure power. He's not oldie toilet water. He's 100%. You know, if you ever wore perfume or you ever still do, it's better if you want to get the real deal 100%. Only a little dab will do you. If you buy a bottle of Odie toilet water, you've got to pour the whole thing on to smell it. It's not pure. It's not 100%. But God's power is pure. And he wants it to flow through a pure heart. So it will be the most effective. Amen. So, when we take care of that, then we're ready for part B of James 5 16 that says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yeah. Fervent in W vines means this red hot to boil. Red hot or to boil. That's fervent. Webster says fervent means passionate, ardent. All of these say hot. They say fiery. Hallelujah. Nothing boring, nothing dull, nothing dead about it. Right? Our prayers are supposed to be ignited with the fire of God, not cold with the ice of religion. We're not religious. Did you know that? We are not religious in this place. We are in relationship. Christianity is not a religion, it is a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And our relationship ought to be alive and well. Hallelujah. Praising Him daily, fellowshipping with Him continuously. Reading his word. And then the other phrase in that passage says. The effectual fervent prayer of what kind of a man? We put that back up there. James 5.16. The effectual fervent prayer of a what? Righteous man. Availeth much. So if we're going to have effective and effectual prayers. We have to know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. One of the tricks of the enemy is to keep people condemned. If he is constantly saying this to you, you are an unworthy worm. You got to unrighteous mentality it will give the devil an advantage in our life and the bible says that we're to give the devil no place well i know that that means we're not to keep a door open and we're not to get in his territory but in this context give the devil no place really means that we have to know who we are in christ jesus We have to know that we've been cleansed by the blood of the lamb. We've been raised up together and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. This verse says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we don't know who we are in Christ, the enemy will come along and he'll say, uh, God's not going to listen to you. You are an old sinner. You aren't going to get anything from God. Stop bothering him. You know what you did yesterday. You know what you said today. You acted ugly. Forget about it. God's not listening to you. And if we don't know the word, we'll just cow down to that and say, oh, you're right. God's got a lot more going on. He's got a lot nicer and better Christians to listen to than me. No, we have to say, oh, no, you don't, devil. I might have been ugly. I might have missed it. But thank God I repented. And first, first John one, nine says, if we confess our sins, our faults, our failures, what is he? He's faithful. He's just to forgive us. We don't get out of our place with God of righteousness when we miss it. Of course, we need to confess it. Of course, we need to be cleansed by the blood of the lamb. But that's what the blood does. We're still in relationship with him. The truth, when the enemy brings those lies, there's so many things he's trying to do. Condemnation is the confidence killer. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. If we walk around condemned about the would'ves, the could'ves, and the should'ves in our life, we won't have that boldness. We won't have that confidence to pray an effective prayer. So get it, get it settled. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. And the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all righteousness. Amen. Amen. That will help you get in that position of praying effectively. You'll be bold as a lion. You'll take your place. You know, prayers really, prayers doesn't, don't come from down here. Prayers come from our position of authority. Seated together with him in heavenly places. Far above. So even when we start praying, if the devil's been stirring up havoc and junk in your life and your loved ones, don't look at like you're on an equal uh, playing field with the devil. You start out praying from your position over him, above him, far above him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That gives you boldness. That gives you confidence. We've already got the victory. In Jesus name. Now I want to continue and look at, ver- at chapter 5 of James. Now I want to look at it out of the Amplified. James 5.16 in the Amplified. Confess to one another your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed And restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. We already established that unforgiveness can hinder our prayers. Unforgiveness can also hinder our healing. But this lets us know that forgiveness brings healing and restoration. Then he goes on here and he says the earnest, heartfelt, Continued prayer of a righteous man, he says a little bit differently in the Amplified, makes what? Read that part with me. Makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. Earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer makes tremendous power available dynamic in it's working that word power comes from the Greek word and I don't say it right I know it's or something like that but most of us are used to saying it dunamis and we get our word anybody know what root word comes from that dynamite just sounds like it dynamite what dynamite power What does dynamite power do in the natural? It blows up things, right? It gets rid of obstacles. Hallelujah. Pastor Ken was talking one night about when uh, he was traveling with his dad and it was before there were roads, really good roads across the Rocky Mountains. They were coming out to California from Texas. I found this interesting. He said they reached this point where they were just, they were setting All of these chargers in the Rocky Mountains and they were going to blow up some some mountains so they could start building bigger roads through there. So they just had these little, little roads. And they told them they had to turn off their radios and everything because they didn't want any kind of electrical wave to accidentally set off a charger. That wouldn't have been good, right? If you're driving through there. But as I was thinking about that... Those dynamite chargers, they said in the Rocky mountains were to clear a passage so that bigger and better roads Wonderful. could be built. When we pray, yes. tremendous power is made available and it is released in the realm of the spirit. Dynamite blows up the plots the plans, the strategies of the enemy over our lives, over our nation, over the loss, which we're going to pray about tonight. But as I was thinking about that, I was like, I saw this on the inside of me and I wrote it down. So I'm going to read it. I saw this just like dynamite was used to make roads through the Rockies. Holy ghost. Dynamite gets rid of. Of obstacles blocking entrance into people's hearts. His Holy Ghost power is released through our prayers and it creates inroads, passages for the word and the light of the glorious gospel to shine in otherwise hard hearts. Then this phrase came. Divine utterance creates divine entrance. Divine utterance by the Holy Ghost creates divine entrance. And passageway into hearts that otherwise look like they're hardened and they're calloused. Sometimes you may have heard people say this. You may have said it. I'm not saying it anymore. Their heart's really hard. They're just too difficult. They'll never receive. I don't think they'll ever respond. They're calloused. You know, there were probably a lot of people that looked at those gigantic, gigantic, magnificent, beautiful rocky mountains. Rose, my friend here, and my birthday buddy grew up in Denver, and you saw those mountains every day from Denver. These huge mountains. And I'm sure some people said, It's going to be impossible to ever build roads through there. But then somebody had an aha moment. And you know what that aha moment was? Dynamite. Let's use dynamite. And it's time for the church to have an aha moment. An explosion in the realm of the spirit. That's going to break through barriers. Going to destroy walls. In some cases, walls of false religion. Too often we have this preconceived idea. Ooh, they're really deceived. Ooh, they're bound by a false religion. Folks, all it takes is one charge of dynamite, holy ghost power and that deception and that wall comes crumbling down. Sometimes people have this perception, a certain group of people, well, you know, the gay community or this community or that community, they're just unreachable. Nobody is unreachable. All it takes is for the dynamite power to blow away deception and darkness and blindness. We're not saying that around here. Everybody is precious. Everybody is worthy of the blood of Jesus. Everybody deserves to hear the gospel, the good news. The gospel will speak for itself. But we as believers, we need to pray. We need to pray that their hearts will be tenderized and opened. And then we need to go and we need to speak after those roads are made into their hearts and barriers are coming down. Then somebody has to travel on that road and share the good news with them. You know what? I'm saying, here am I. How about you? I'm going to be a dynamite blower. I like to blow up stuff when I was a kid. I love to play with firecrackers. We'd twist a bunch of those black cats which I know are illegal now. They weren't illegal back in the day. Great big huge giant firecrackers. Me and my brother Ricky we'd like to take as many as we could twist them up together and just blow things to smithereens. Because Pastor Tom is sitting on the front row I won't give you great detail of the frogs that we blew up but You other critters, we won't go into that. But I've always liked to blow things up. So now I'm not going to blow. And you know, I'm not talking about buildings or anything dangerous. I'm not like into fire, a crazy person. But I just like to blow cans and little little things, little frogs. (laughs) (laughs) But now I love to blow up things in the devil's kingdom. Hallelujah. Woo! And that's what it's about. We're anointed and we're appointed to destroy the works of the devil and to bring down his blinders and his hindrances over people. Jesus was anointed to do that. And we got that same anointing. How about Acts chapter 10, verse 38? I love it out of the Amplified. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability. Acts 10, 38, Amplified and ability and power. How he went about doing good and particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. For God was with him. We read a couple of weeks ago Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where it says Jesus said when you receive the Holy Ghost the spirit ability. Efficiency and might sounds kind of like the same thing. Jesus was anointed with the same Holy Ghost that we get anointed with when we get endued with power from on high. He's a spirit of ability, strength and might. Hallelujah. And he comes upon us to do the same works That Jesus did. I like this last part here. Not only did Jesus heal the sick, but he says he cured all who were harassed and oppressed of the devil. You know anybody that's been harassed of the devil? Well, in the name of Jesus, we got the power to say, stop. Stop, you harassing spirit. Stop. You oppression. You got to go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can do the same works that Jesus did. Another scripture regarding this. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. These are talking about Jesus being anointed. But who lives in you? Who lives in me? That same anointing. Jesus Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing live in us. Hallelujah. So keep that in mind as we see what this says about him. Luke 4, 18. Amplified again. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Everybody say this. The spirit of the Lord Lord is upon upon me. Because... He has anointed me and then look what we're anointed to do to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set forth as delivered those who are oppressed. There it is again. Those who have been harassed, those who are oppressed, those who are downtrodden and bruised and crushed and broken down by calamity. Folks, there's a hurting world outside these doors. I know some of you've got things going on in your life that, you know, you need that same anointing and it's here. It's available. But there are more people outside that these walls that need what we have. They need who we have. They need the anointing. Say it with me again. The spirit of the Lord Lord. is is upon me because he's anointed me. He's anointed me to preach the good news. (laughs) Gospel is good news. How about this? We're anointed to announce release to the captives that have been held bound. Jesus came to set them free. He came to give deliverance from oppression. He came to heal The broken hearted to pour in the oil and the wine. Those that have been beat up and beat down. He came to declare your day of freedom is here. Your time of deliverance is now. Verse nineteen. That's what he said. I'm here to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. The day when salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. That's good news. We got a good friend of ours, Nick Ken. He just goes out on the streets of Minneapolis and all around. Kind of like brother Tony does over here. But, you know, he has a real strong Minnesota accent. And when he goes out, he'll say, have you heard the good news? The good news. The good news. Have you heard the good news? And I'm sure some people are like, uh, what? But, you know, it's catchy. But it's a good thing in this day and age that we live in. You don't need to stand on the street corner and, and with a sign and, that says, you're all going to hell. You wretched sinners. Nobody's going to be drawn to that. God's not angry. God's not mad at us or at the world. He's mad about us. Hallelujah. This is the day when salvation, free favor, free favors of the Lord should abound. And you and I are anointed. We're anointed to pray, to say, and to go. You realize that most people, if they really knew how wonderful Jesus is and they really knew Jesus loves them, Jesus wants to bless them. How many people really in their right mind would say, eh, nah, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to go to heaven. Are you kidding me? I'm going to hell. That's where all my friends are. How many people? in their right mind, really would reject the gospel and the goodness of God if they really could see clearly how good he is. Mm -hmm. Most of the time people don't receive Jesus because of the darkness that has bounded them. The deception that has clouded their minds and their hearts. Too often the enemy tries to hide the truth of the gospel. The Bible tells us that. But you and I are here to shine the light. And let people see the truth. Last scripture we'll look at here and we'll pray a bit 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 through 7. I want to get over here in my Bible because I have some notes in here. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. God didn't hide it. Jesus isn't hidden. But there is a deceiver in the world. The spirit of this age and the darkness of the enemy is the one that tries to turn the lights out and hide the gospel. It tells us that in verse 4. This is who's hiding it. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light... Of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He's the God of this world. He's blinded the minds and the hearts. But how do they get out of that blindness? The light, the light, the light of the glorious gospel has to shine. And the way that light shines is when the church prays and inroads are made with that Holy Ghost dynamite power into dark hearts and into dark places. And when that Holy Ghost power is released, the light is able to shine. Verse five. Where we preach not ourselves. We're not going to get anybody saved by me, myself, and I and how wonderful I am. We're not preaching about us. But it's Christ Jesus the Lord. Hallelujah. Ourselves, your servants for Jesus' sake. And this is what happens. Look at this. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. To give the light. Of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If it weren't for that light shining, none of us in here would be saved. I am convinced that people in this church, every one of you, you're saved. You're born again because somebody prayed. They prayed for you. You might not have known them by name. They may not have known you by name. But if they were praying in the Holy Spirit and they were praying for the lost and your heart would just creep just a little crack in your heart. That light had entrance. That's what it said here. You and I, he said, we're born again because God commanded the light. He can't just command the light to shine unless somebody prays and our prayers give him entrance. Hallelujah. To shine on people's hearts. Hallelujah. And that revelation knowledge comes when the light of the glorious gospel shines in our lights. We see it here. It's a plot of the devil to hide the truth of the gospel. Again, if most people could really see, and they will, when we pray that God is good, he's loving, he's merciful. They would want to be born again. There are a lot of good people sitting in churches. Praying ritual, religious prayers without a relationship. But our fervent prayers help to remove blinders yeah. off of their eyes and they're opened and their hearts, woo, they hear the gospel.